Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Uh, <laughs> and we're going to be in Matthew 6, uh, verses 7 through 13, looking at the Lord's Prayer. And the title of my talk, the title of my message is The Prayer That Can Change Your Life. The prayer that can change your life. And whether you've been walking with the Lord for two years, three years, 50 years, whatever it may be, we can never underestimate the power of prayer. We can never let it become normal. We can never let it become mundane and average. Our prayer life needs to be something that that accelerates our life here on earth. That when we talk to God, it's not just some some requests or just some things we're getting off a checklist, but prayer is something that's allowing us to live a life after all that God wants for us. And so what I'm asking, what I'm I'm really, the the message I want to get across, what I want to, really the main idea, the main focus is this. What Jesus is demonstrating in this prayer is that the most powerful prayers to pray are the simplest to say. I'll say that again. The most powerful, world-changing, life-altering prayers to pray are the simplest, the easiest to pray. And I want you to, if you don't believe me, let's look at what Jesus said. In verse 7, he says this, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Prayer is not about words. It's about your relationship. You say all the the fancy words you want, and it's all about your heart towards God. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Is that good or what? That he knows what you need before you ask him. This is what Jesus tells the disciples and everybody gathered around him. And he's telling us right now, this then is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us of our debts. And which we also forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation and deliver us from the evil one. That's a powerful prayer right there. That's a life-changing prayer right there. And it's not a traditional prayer that you just pray before a football game or before your meal. This is a life-altering prayer. And if we get it into our spirit, it'll change our destiny. It'll change our life. If you walked in here not knowing where to go, start praying this prayer. And God would immediately start moving in your life. Let's start taking what Jesus said literally and praying this into reality. Praying this prayer into prayer. So let's pray right now and ask God to bless this time for the Holy Spirit to move. And our Father in heaven, we just come before you now. Acknowledging, God, that you are so amazing. You are so mighty. You are our wonderful counselor, our prince of peace, God. I just pray that you would just give us an outpouring of your Holy Spirit in this, in this moment, God. Every single person that they would be touched by this message, God, not because it's from me, but because it's from you, Jesus. That you would move in this, God, that you would come in here and challenge us, Holy Spirit. I pray for anybody in here, whatever they may, whatever walks of life they may be facing, God, no matter what their life may look like, God, they could find hope in you here today, Jesus. They could find new life in you here today, Jesus. Lord, we love you. We're believing that today is going to be an amazing day in your church, God, in your house. Thank you for Dream Team. Thank you for our amazing volunteers. Thank you for every single person in this church, God. We know that you're moving and you have mighty plans for us, God. You name me, pray. Amen, amen, amen. So real quick, anybody a fan of Groupon? Anybody a fan of Groupon? Okay, group, okay, we got some Groupon people over here. I bought some shoes there the other day for $30. Like, nice boots for 30 bucks. It's amazing. If you want some boots, you want to impress your girlfriend, get some boots, 30 bucks on Groupon. I always go in there all the time just because it's like, hey, 
like the young people say, uh, you know, when you're balling on the budget, you got to watch your money, you got to check your finances. That's why we got Financial Peace University, all that good stuff. But Groupon is great because if you want to have a, you want to go on a spa day, you want to get some shoes, you want to get a belt, they got all types of things. And it's always cheaper than really on, on market value. And so as a good boyfriend, I was thinking of a surprise for my girlfriend. Her birthday was coming up. And uh, I got together. Yeah, thank you. I'm the best boyfriend in the world. My goodness. <laughs> Stop it, Phil. Stop it. Uh, sit down, be humble. And um, it was one of those things where I was like, okay, what, what are we going to do? Because my girlfriend, she loves art. She's, she's a phenomenal painter. She's an amazing, like, she loves pottery. She loves all those things. So, like, for her birthday, me and my mom and my sister got together. Like, hey, let's, let's go take her out. We'll, we'll find a Groupon, find a nice uh, art, art class, a nice pottery class, and let's take her out and let's enjoy the time with her. Let's surprise her. So we found one. We got one right in Fort Lauderdale. Super cool uh, uh, art studio, super cool uh, pottery studio. And what, we did, <laughs> and what we did was we blindfolded her. She didn't know what was going on. She's like, why are you guys kidnapping me? What is going on here? And she's like, no, no, don't worry. It's gonna, the surprise is coming now. And so we got into the studio. We took her blindfold, and she was like in heaven. She was like, oh, my God, Phil, you're the greatest boyfriend ever. I love you so much. Thank you, Danny. Thank you. No, she didn't say that. She was, she was just in awe of, oh my God, we're going to get to do something that I love, something that I'm passionate about. Now, here's the thing. It's like, Danny, she's skilled. She's really good at it. Uh, me, I'm, I'm not the greatest. I, I, I struggle a little bit. So the instructor comes in. She gives us our pottery wheel. She gives us our tools. She gives us our clay. And she does an instruction. She's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. You're going to get the clay. You're going to put it on the wheel. You're going to check the speed. Make sure it's good. Here's the tools. If you mess up, you can you could change it. You can, you can sculpt it. You can mold it. And so we get started. She does that. She goes, okay, I told you guys what to do. Now you guys are going to go ahead and do that. So everybody's pumped. Everybody's excited. I've never done this before. I'm like, this, this is going to be life-changing. I'm going to make pottery. I'm going to make like the next best coffee mug in the world. I'm going to put my name on it. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to drink coffee from it every day. I was having all these expectations. And as soon as we got started, um, it wasn't like how I thought it would be. Uh, you see, Danny, great. She was doing like the next statue of David. It was phenomenal. It was awesome. And uh, it was like, Danny, please stop showing off. Like, that's not fair. And I look at my mom. And my mom, she's doing great. My sister, she's doing great. They're all making uh, like little cereal bowls, coffee cups. And they're killing it. It looks amazing. And then me, on the other hand, like, the instructor hated me because clay was flying everywhere, all over the place. It was a bloodbath. It was like, just like clay everywhere, in my nose, in my eyes. They didn't give me goggles. I, I should have sued them. Just kidding. But uh, it was one of those things like, dude, this is horrible. This is a terrible experience. Everybody's having fun but me. I don't like this. I don't, I, something's got to change. And all of a sudden, Daniela, she, she comes up to me. She goes, she sees that I'm struggling. I'm like, there's clay flying everywhere. It's awful. And she's like, hey, uh, I love you. Do you, need, do you need some help? Do you want me to step? She's so awesome. And she's like, do you, do you need some help? Do you want me to step in and help you? I go, no, Danny, I got this. It's your birthday. Do you, boo-boo. I got, I'm going I'm to handle this clay. I'm going to figure it out. I, this clay doesn't own me. I own the clay. I'm just figuring, just going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. We're gonna, we're, I don't know. We're going to believe in Jesus' name that this clay is going to miraculously turn into something. And I just kept going, and I kept trying. I kept fighting it, trying to control it, trying to mold it, and it's just nothing was working out. I would try to, you know, the instructor was like, hey, you got to restart. You gotta, she told me I had to restart like a thousand times. You got to restart. You got to restart. So I would restart it, and the same thing would happen. My, I would try to do a, a coffee mug, and I would always mess up. There'd be holes in it. There'd be bubbles. And I was like, Danielle's like, okay, look, you're struggling. Let me help you. Let me just don't, don't worry. Don't, don't worry about your pride. You're still a man, all that stuff. Just let me, let me, control, let me, let me help you here. And I was like, okay, Danny, I, I surrender. I give up control. Okay, go ahead. Do your thing. 
And as soon as I gave up control, as soon as I said, Daniela, please come help me, she was immediate in pinpointing all my flaws and flavors, the things that I was messing up. And it wasn't my tools. It wasn't my techniques, even though they were awful. My technique was, it was horrible. But it wasn't those things that I thought. It was actually the simplest, smallest things. It was like one of those things where like you, you, you didn't see it coming because it was so tiny. And really what it was is the reason why my clay was all over the place. The reason why it was all messed up, it was all, all over the place was because my clay wasn't centered the right way on the wheel. It wasn't aligned on the right way on the wheel. So if you're, if, if you're not centered, if you're not on the right path, on, you're not on the right wheel, what's going to happen is your clay, no matter what position it's on, if it's not in the center, it's not going to be formed in the way you want it to be. She tells her students, she's a middle school and high school advanced art teacher. She has a pottery class and she tells them every time, before you put on the clay, before you put on anything, before you start anything, don't forget to always be in line with the divine. Be in line with the divine. That's just not a pottery analogy. That's something in our life that we need to take. That in our life, are we a clay? Are we, are we being shaped outside of the center alignment of God's will of our life? Are we outside of the van, divine plan of God's will for our life? Or are we in the middle of it, in the center, ready to be shaped, formed, molded into what God has for us? Or are we saying, you know what? I, I don't want to be centered. I don't want to be aligned. And no matter how hard we try, no matter how much control we have, what's happening is we're never going to be what God calls us to be because we're not centered and we're not aligned. Just the way the clay needs to be centered, just the way the clay needs to be aligned for it to be molded and, and, and shaped to its final form, its perfected form, we're the same way. Is our life, is our, is our, is our prayer, is our, is, is, our, is, our, um, is our goal in life to be in line with God's will for our life, to be in line with his divine. I think a lot of us, our heart might be in the right place, but maybe, maybe our pride may be getting in the way in the sense of, I don't know if I can give up control over that. Submitting my will to God. I don't know about that one, Phil. I love him. I love church. I love praising him, but I, I kind of want to do my own thing. I only want God to help me in specific areas. Like if he could just focus on my finances, that'll be great. If he could focus on my connect group, that'd be awesome. Thank you, God. If he could focus on, on, my, on my children and my family, that'd be great. But everything else that I, I have near to me, trust in me, I, I, he, 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 he could keep his hand off of that. I, I don't want him to, to touch that. I, I'm not going to submit everything to God. And what we're doing is really, when we, when we deny, we, we, we separate from this idea of aligning our will with God's, with, with having what he wants for us, which is always going to be better. What we're saying is we only, want, we only want like 30% of what God has for us. It's almost like you go up to somebody and you're talking about this movie and somebody comes up to you and you're like, oh my God, that movie is amazing. And I'll be like, oh, have you seen it? No, I only saw the beginning. Well, how do you love it if you just saw 20% of the movie? And it's like, you're doing the same thing when you're decommitting de 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 your will to God. It's like, I just want 30%. I want 50, but I don't know about you. I'm ready to submit my will to God and say, I want all of you, God. I want 100%. I don't want to hide it. I don't want to try to figure it out. I will surrender, submit every aspect of my life to be molded to be shaped. I want to watch the whole movie God has for me. I don't want to just watch 30% and say it's an awesome movie. That doesn't make sense. I want everything God has for me. I want 100%. And it starts by submitting all of our being, our soul, everything about us, not just the small details, not just the small crevices of our life, but every aspect of our life needs to be surrendered for his kingdom, for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And maybe you're someone, you're not, you're, you're not dealing with the, the struggle of control. You know, I feel like I'm cool. I don't, pride is not my issue. Control is not my issue. Well, my issue is I, I don't even know what to do with my life. Like, I don't even know where I'm going. I don't even know what major to pick. I don't even know what job to take. I don't know what my career is going to be. I don't know what's going to happen with my family. I don't know this and this. And life could come at you fast. 
Life throws things at you and you have to think of it quick. And the last thing we do is go to God. And the first thing we do is try to figure it out ourselves. When life hits you and life puts you in all different directions and you don't know what step to take, you always have to go to God first. It's really the first thing we do. If you don't know, if your will is, if you, you have to understand the will of God, there's, there's, there's separate ones. There's his moral will, there's his sovereign will, there's his individual will. But no matter what, if you're gonna try to feel your, figure out your individual will for your life, like the specific plan, it starts by having this idea that God is, oh, he's sovereign over all. He controls everything. And if you don't go to him, he's not gonna give to you. So first, go to him, align yourself with his will, then watch him move and grow in your life. If you don't know where to go, I want to share this, the scripture in, in Psalm 143, verse 10, it says this, this and this is your prayer, if, if you don't know what steps to take, and if you don't know what, what answers, you're, you're searching, you're looking, but you don't know where to go, make this your prayer here today. Psalm 143 says this, teach me to do your will, for you are my God, may your good spirit lead me on level ground. Teach me to do your will. God, may your good spirit lead me to level ground. If you want to be on level ground, you need to be leveled with God. You need to be on the same level. You can't be back and forth. Back, one day I'm going to submit, another day I'm not going to submit. One day I'm not going to listen to God, one day I'm going to listen to God. You need to be leveled, and he will keep your path straight and narrow. He'll tell you what to do. He'll tell you what your, your plan in life is. He'll start to reveal it little by little. But it starts by saying, God, teach me your will. Not teach me how to do what I want. Teach me how to do what you want me to do. And then you'll be on level ground. Just makes sense. If we want to be level ground, if we want to be living in level ground, we have to be level with God. And I love it. Jesus, he, he's, he's, he's making it so simple for us. So easy for us. I mean, this is like, like, this is like, it's like hooked on phonics for prayer. It's like, it's like the easiest thing to do here. Jesus is saying, and this is a sermon on the mount. This is one of the greatest preachings of all time. Jesus is revolutionizing. He is changing mindsets. He is making people think differently. He's changing people's hearts by what he's preaching. And he starts out by talking about, or the, he talks about the Beatitudes. It's, Blessed are those who are meek in the spirit. Blessed are those, he, like, change, like, this doesn't make any sense. He's telling everybody that there's salt and light of the earth. He's telling everybody to love their enemies. He's like, and then people are like, what is this guy talking about? We've never heard this before. And then he gets to prayer and it changes everybody's mindset. Like he starts out by saying, hey, hey, you guys, you guys are getting prayer all wrong. I want to show you what an, a typical, ideal, what a power, powerful, life-changing prayer looks like. And it's not as crazy as as simple. It's not as difficult as you think. It's simple. It's simple. And he starts out by saying, our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven. And I want to look at everything. I want to break down this prayer as much as time as we have. And he starts out by saying, our Father in heaven. And it doesn't make any sense. What, what, what is significant about that? You have to understand that your relationship with God will dictate how you receive from God. Your relationship with God, how you view God, how you see him, how you talk to him, how you look at him as a father, as a CEO, as Santa Claus, like your nice and lonely list. Like that's, how, that's how you're gonna, that's how you're gonna, it's gonna dictate how you receive from him. I don't know about you, but Heavenly Father, I wanna receive gracious things from my Heavenly Father. I don't wanna look at him as a CEO and receive punishment from him. Our Father in heaven. And what's significant about this is that up until this point in history, nobody referred to God as Father. No one. So when Jesus said this, everybody was like, wait a minute. We were told that we can't call God Father because that's too intimate. It's too intimate. We can't be that close to God. He's, he's God. We're not. He's, he's holy and we're not. And he, we, we got to respect him and like we can't be around him. And it's like that's, that's far from this. That was the religious leaders trying to poison people's minds to think that God was some being off on a planet just ready to strike lightning bolts at us. When God said, hey, no, no, I don't want you off in a distant. I want you intimate, close to me, with me. That's why he's saying our father in heaven, the father meaning I, that you could come to me anytime you want. 
intimate, not, not, not distant. I saw a lot of hands go up. There's, there's a ton of parents in here. And parents, you can agree with me. I'm not a parent. So I don't know why I said me. But you can agree that when you're in the mall or you're in Disney World and you're somewhere big and there's a lot of people, that if your kid is not with you, your child is not by your side, you start to what? Freak out. You panic. You're like, where is little Chachi? Where is he? I don't know where he is. Like, I don't, like what's going on? Where'd he go? You freak out. Because why? Your child is often a distant where you don't know where he is. He's often a distant. He's not near you. He's not close to you. That's what the religious leaders wanted them to think. He wanted them to be often a distant. You got to distance yourself from God because he's holy and you're not. You're terrible. You're awful. You can't have, you have no right to talk to him. And Jesus is like, no, no, no. It's not distant. It's intimate. Be intimate with God. Get close to him. He's your father. You have access to him. He doesn't hate you. He loves you. And when you're far away, it's worse. He wants you close. Be intimate with him. It's weird for God for you to be distant than it is intimate. The more intimate you are, the better it is. He wants you right by his hip with him all days. He likes to bless you, to talk to you, to share what he has for your life. But it's just, it's, it's got to be our choice. Are we going to go off being a distant? Just thinking God is just like this ultimate being where we can't talk to him. That we have no right to talk to him. Who am I to talk to God? Who am I to speak to God? I've messed up so much in my life. I've done so many evil things. I've, I've messed up. I have no right. But that's not what the Bible tells me. The Bible tells me in, in Romans, in Romans 8.15, 8, 8, 8, NLT version, it says this. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. If you've accepted Jesus into your heart, if you've made that declaration to, to invite him into your heart, into your life, and call on the name of Jesus and believe that he died on the cross for your sins, you are no longer a slave to fear. You, you have no, that spirit doesn't live in you anymore. Instead, now you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. You see, slaves, they, they did things out of obligation. Because if they didn't do it, they'd, they'd be punished. They'd be hit. They'd be, they'd be persecuted. But we don't have that spirit anymore. Now we do everything out of love. Not out of obligation. We do it because, God, you saved me. You changed me. My life was never the same without you. I had to get near to you. I cannot stay away from you. I love you too much. It's everything is out of love. Our prayer should be out of love, not obligation. Oh, my gosh. I forgot to pray, and it's Tuesday. Sorry, God. But it's like, no, I cannot go a day without praying to him. I cannot go a day without talking to him. I can't go a day without, I can't go seconds, minutes. I need to speak to my heavenly father. I want to be blessed. I want to be molded. I want to be shaped. I don't want to be far off in a distance. I want to be close to my God. I want to be near him. He loves you. You have every right to speak to the father. Every right. <laughs> Jesus. And uh, you have every right to speak to your father. It's one of those things, but... I think because we, we lose sight of, not, not that he's our heavenly father, but I think a lot of us are on the other spectrum. We know he's our heavenly father, but we don't respect him like he's our heavenly father. We put God in the same category as a genie or an eight ball. It's like, God, why find the woman for me? No, okay, great. No, no, he's not a genie. He's not an eight ball where you just go and just, God, uh, I don't know, something's got to happen here. God, help me out here. You're supposed to love me, right? Help me. No, no, you got to put, you got you to respect that he's our heaven and father and everything always is authority from him. And so, for example, I would never go up to my dad and call him by his first name. That's just kind of weird. I don't know. Hey, Louis, Louis, how are you doing, Louis? Louis, it's your favorite son, Louis. It's me, Louis, Louis, how are you? How's things going, Louis? Louis, this, Louis. That's weird. He's my father. 
It's only going to call my, I'm going to call him father because that's, he has authority over me. He's not my brother. He's not my friend. He's my father. The same thing with God. He's not your little pen pal. He's not your genie. He's your father in heaven. Respect him. Put him number one in your life. The top priority, come to him knowing he has the best interest for your life. Don't just call him. This is God the father. We have to respect him. Everything that gives, every, he has all authority over everything in the world. Who are we to, to ever think he's something else? But he doesn't use his authority to punish us. It's, it's love. You have a father in heaven that loves you and wants to hear from you. He wants to hear from you. Second thing is this, hallowed be our name. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. What does that mean? Hallowed be your name. Our father in heaven, you build up the relationship. Now he goes on to hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Hollow means honor as holy. To honor as holy, saying, God, you're holy and I'm not. Hallowed be your name because I'm not holy. I need you because I'm flawed. I need you because I'm not perfect. I need you to recognize that God is holy because we're flawed. The point is this. Before you petition God for anything, before you petition God for anything, make sure you praise God for everything. Before you ask him for anything, before you tell him to give, to give you something, just say, thank you for waking me up this morning. Thank you for being for me, Jesus. Thank you for giving me salvation, for dying on the cross, for giving me an awesome family, an amazing house, friends. Like, have we just stopped and said thank you before we ask him anything? Or do we just go, God, we just ask him before we even praise him? Like, what, what, like what's, our, what's, our, what's our order of prayer here? Like, what do we do? Are we just asking God, like, like hey, God, I need you. Hey, but why don't we, let's, let's like thank him. Let's, let's ask him, but let's, let's praise him for everything. Because if God never did another thing for us in our entire life, the death on the cross will satisfy us forever. It should satisfy us. And so every time we pray, this is something I struggle with. Because I would get in these habits of prayer where I would just go up to God and just, God, I need you to help our youth ministry. God, God, I need you to help me with my relationship. God, help me with my family. God, help me with this. And it's like, I didn't take time to put God in his rightful place. I didn't hollow his name. I hollowed my problems. That's what I did. I didn't hollow my, I didn't, I didn't give him respect. I didn't give him honor. I was just babbling on about what, he's like, he knows this. The Bible tells us he knows what we're going to ask before we pray. So we might as well just honor him first. Because he's our father in heaven and he deserves that honor. He loves us. Hallowed be your name. Thank you, Jesus. Like, are we taking the name of Jesus lightly? Like, this is something that challenged me at this conference. Like, when was the last time I said Jesus' name and it didn't shock me? Like, like, like I said Jesus the other day and it sounded like a bad word because I hadn't said it in so long. Like, as a church, are we, are we hiding the name of Jesus? Are we hiding who he is to ourselves? Are we telling other people about it? Are we telling our coworkers about this holy God that loves them, that's not mad at them, that cares about them? Hollow it be his name. What is it that we got to get our priorities straight? What is it that you're hollowing that you're, that's in the place of God? What is that thing? What is that, that thing you're trying to take control of that has all your attention, that has all your desire, that has all your passion, and because of that, you're praying for those things to happen, and God's like, that's not what I want for you. Our prayer, prayer in general, needs to be about his will before ours every single time. Every single time. Your prayer needs to be, God, what do you want for me to do? What do you want for my life? And he won't reveal it to you right away. He might. Might be a week, might be a year, might be two years, but keep on praying what he wants. And when he reveals it to you, keep on praying that you would keep, continue to give him that. Keep him, reveal more to me, God. Because if we just pray what we want, God's not going to bless that because I, I don't have that. You could go do it. You have free will to go do it. But it's like, I, 
have something so much better for you. I'm just waiting for you to, for your petition to ask me what you want me to do in your life. Petition God before, praise God before you petition God. Let's get in the right habit. Let's honor him as our father. Let's make sure the relationship is, 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 is intact. That we acknowledge him as our father and we're not. We're, we're just his sons and his daughters. We're adopted by grace into his, his family. Let us hollow his name. Let's make his name holy. Holy is your name, Jesus. There's no one like you, Jesus. Before I ask him for anything, hallowed be your name. Next thing he says is this. He goes down, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I think this is the part of the prayer that we kind of get stuck on. We kind of struggle with. Because, okay, our Father in heaven, cool. I, I can do that. Hollow it, okay, I'll hollow, I'll hollow, hollow, hollow back, I'll hollow, I'll hollow his name. But submit my will, mm, I don't know about that one. To give up control, 100% of control in my life, I don't know if I could do that. His kingdom, what about my kingdom? What about my family? What about my house? What about my life? What about me, me? It's like instead of thy kingdom come, it's like we're praying my kingdom come. It's like thy kingdom come, no, 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 my kingdom come, me, what about me, God? Why is it always about you, God? What about my situation? You know what I'm going through? Why? But I'm telling you, if you have that attitude, if you have that, 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 that spirit, you're never going to receive the blessing God has for you that, that truly wants to bless you. But it starts by saying, God, your will be done. Your kingdom come on earth as is heaven. God, bring heaven into my life here on earth. We're not, we're not earthly beings. We're heavenly beings. We're just traveling through this world. I'm asking God, your kingdom come in my life. Your will be done. Because his kingdom and his will are the same thing. His kingdom and his will are the same thing. God put us on this earth to be about his business, to be about his will, about be his work. We should be praying for everything that has to do with his church, his people, his, his calling. Everything in our life has to be according to his will and his purpose. If not, we're just going to be wasting our breath asking things that God is not going to bless us with and just waiting for him to actually give us the things that we want. And that's not how prayer works. It's, it's, not, it's not like that. You have to make sure you're ready to give up all control. And I'll tell you this, if, 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 you, if you're not willing to do that, if you, don't, if you don't make that decision to give up control, to let go of some things, you might miss out on the biggest blessing of your entire life. You might, miss, you might be missing God doing something. That, that dream you had, you might miss out on that because you're too, you're too controlling. You're not ready to submit. You're not ready to bow your head and be anointed with the oil and let God choose you to do something great. Because you can't anoint somebody like this. You got to bow and submit and just say, anoint me, God. But you can't get anointed if you're just... There's got to be there's gotta be that surrender. There's got to be that submission that's so hard. So hard for us to do. I, I struggle with it. I mean, it's not an easy thing, and I'm not here to tell you or make you feel, feel bad about it. But I'm telling you the severity of it. Your destiny could be on the line. Your life could be on the line. Your soul could be on the line. And there's an example in Matthew 19, and this is an incredible story. And it has to do with the rich young ruler. And a lot of people can, you know, they can hear about the rich young ruler, and they're like, okay, we know this is about money, and why is he talking about money? It's not a money issue. The problem with the rich young ruler, and we'll see it now, wasn't an issue of money. It was an issue of the heart. It wasn't a money thing. It wasn't a power thing. It wasn't an influence thing. It was literally a power of what ruled, what kingdom was in his heart, what reigned, what had, what had control of his heart. And you're going to see now how he had this conversation with Jesus and what could have been. And it starts out in verse 16. It says this, then just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. 
if you want to enter life, keep the commandments. So this guy comes up to Jesus and he's probably trying to stir up a crowd and trying to, trying to make Jesus look bad here and make himself look good. And he's like, Jesus, uh, what commandments do I need to do to enter eternal life? And Jesus is like, hey, look, man, I'm not here to play those games. Because Jesus knew. Jesus knew what was on his heart. And you'll see who here. And he goes, he goes, keep the commandments. And, and, and the rich ruler really goes, which ones? He inquired. Jesus replied, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You honor your father and mother and love your neighbors as yourself. He goes, I... All these I've kept. I've done, Jesus, I've done this. Check. Love my mom. Love my dad. The best. Love, love. Check, 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 check. I, commandments, I eat those for breakfast. I don't know what it's, I'm done. What, what else, Jesus? But here, Jesus. Jesus knows his heart. Jesus sees right through him. Jesus knows what's truly controlling him. He knows that he's not controlled by God. He's controlled by his love for money and power. And Jesus tells him, okay, if you've done everything, if you want to be perfect, Go sell your possessions and give it to the poor, and you will have a treasure in heaven. Then, come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. This is a story that we can all relate to because in our moment in life, we're going to go up to God. God, I've done all this. I go to church. I'm in a connect group. What else, what else do I need to do? A growth track. I did that. I graduated already. And God's like, no, no, no. What, what, what's... What's, what's controlling your heart? What kingdom is in your heart? What is, am I truly reigning in your heart? Is my kingdom set up in the soul of your life? Am I, am I, am I the, the top? Am I the top? Am I, am, I, am, I, am I everything you want? Am I number one in your life? Because the rich young ruler, he, he wanted to act like he was, but Jesus knew. And some of us were struggling. We don't, we don't know how to let go of this thing that we maybe, maybe, maybe something that we're just like, God, I just can't let, get, let go of this sin. Can't let go of this addiction. Can't let go of, 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 of this relationship. This is the one for me. This is the guy for me. And we can't let go. And God's like, just let go. I got something so much better for you. It's like, how do we receive the blessing? Like, like I think, I think it like this. If, if, if you have closed fists, if you live life with closed fists, honestly, it just represents that you're living with a closed heart. We live life with a closed fist, not receiving anything, just like, just a closed heart. It's almost like, it's like we're holding on to so many things. It could be our finances. It could be our money, our power. We can't let it go. We can't trust God with it. And God's like, let me bless you. Come follow me. I want to give you so much for your life. And God's like, and you're like, how God? And he's like, open up your hands. It's like, God, I can't. I'm holding on. I, I can't trust you, God. I, 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 don't know if I, I don't know if I can believe in the miracles. I don't know if I can see this happening. God's like, I can't bless you unless your hands are open, unless you're ready to receive. Like, like, how can God give us something? And it's like, God, show me. I can't. God, give me. How? You need to have open hands and say, God, I'm ready to receive. I give up everything. I give up all control. I'm ready, God. Pour it on me. Bless me. Show me. God, I don't want to live like this anymore. I don't want to keep walking this way. I don't want to keep making these choices. It all starts by letting go completely. Allowing God to change every aspect of your life. Every aspect. It's so hard. It's like, I don't know if I can let go, Phil. I don't know. You don't know my story, Phil. I don't know if I could do that. You see, for me, Father in heaven, that's a negative connotation because my dad was never there for me. I don't know if I can give my life to this father. My father here on earth, he abused me. He disrupted my life. He ruined my family. If, I, if you want me to call this guy father, if you want me to submit to him, this father, I don't think I can. 
I don't know who's in here and you're struggling with that. I don't know what your, your life may look like, what your heavenly father may look like. Maybe you're in here and you're like, man, I, I feel like a failure as a father. Maybe I haven't done what I should have done for my son or my daughter, my kids. It's okay. Because no one on earth is perfect. Everybody's going to make mistakes. And no matter what your heavenly, or no matter what your earthly father did, I'm not, under, I'm not undermining it, but I'm trying to overmind this, that God is a heavenly father that loves you every single day. He will never hurt you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is capable. He is close. He is able. He won't leave you. He won't leave you. You need to hear that today. Don't, don't, don't compare God to your heavenly father. He's so much more. And he wants to bless your life completely. Look at this rich young, rich young ruler. And it's crazy because not only did Jesus tell him to saw his possessions, he gave him an invitation to be a disciple. We're reading this story of a man who, who, couldn't, who couldn't let go of his kingdom. He couldn't let go of what he was holding on to and missed out on everything that Jesus was going to do in his life. Now we read him, we read him as he's the disciple that never was. He was a disciple that could have been. Like, what are you holding on that's keeping you from being a disciple for Jesus Christ? What is it that you're controlling that you just can't let go? He missed out on being in the pages of history as a hero of the faith, as someone that we can look to. Now he's somebody that, look, we're looking at how we shouldn't live. How he could have just changed his story in one decision to give up control, to give up everything. To say, God, you can have my money. You can have my power. What, do you need some churches? I'll use my, my influence to build some churches to help some people. Instead, we read of the disciple that never was. I want to read this last story because if we're going to learn to pray that kingdom come, that will be done, it all starts by looking how Jesus prayed. The night he was going to get arrested, he prayed a simple prayer. Prayer's not a maze. Prayer's not a, it's not rocket science. It's not a bullseye. You have to hit you with your words, try to figure it out. Prayer is simple. And the most powerful prayers are the simplest ones. Here's Jesus in Luke 22, verse 39 to 44. It says this, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives. His disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you would not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed. This is what Jesus prayed. He was about to get arrested. He's about to face the cross. And this is what he prayed. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. What does that mean? He was, in the Old Testament, they talk about the cup of wrath. And, and I don't want to get too much into details, but Jesus was about to take over the wrath of the world, take over the wrath of God, the, wrath, the sin of the world all on him. He was about to drink of that cup. And it was going to be painful. It was going to be awful. The weight of the sin of the world is going to be on his shoulders. I don't want to drink from that cup. <laughs> If I was Jesus, I'd be doing the same thing. God, is there another way? Is there plan B? Like, what, what, do I have to drink this? What is happening here? Like, why? Yet he changes his mind and he goes, yet my will, not my will, but yours be done. Take this cup from me, God. I don't know if I can do this. Yet, no, no, God. No, no, no. Your, your will. Your will be done. Not mine. You're my father in heaven. Not, your will. Your will be done. I want you to notice is an angel in heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. An angel came down, strengthened him in this time of anguish. And he still said, and being in anguish. So even an angel in heaven encouraging him, Jesus was in so much anguish, even that didn't help him. Being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. 
is something called hermatidosis. It is literally when you're so stressed from physicality or, or mental stress that your pores open up, that your capillaries burst because your body's just malfunctioning from so much stress and you're, drop, you're, you're dripping sweats of blood. It's a real thing that can happen. You think Jesus doesn't know what you're going through? You think Jesus doesn't know what anguish is like, what stress is like? He was about to face the cross and what stress you may be having. Jesus has been there. He's done that. He hears you. He knows what you're going through. You're not alone. You're not silent. He's listening to you cry at night. He's listening to you in when no one's looking. He knows what you're going through. He knows your pain. He knows. And all he's saying is, come to me. Pray for my will. Pray for my kingdom. I want to bless you. I want to love you. Come on, church. If we can stand to our feet. Come on. Let's believe this. Let's sing it. Let's lift up the name of Jesus. Come on. Cause you are the Amen. Amen. Freaking in this moment, I feel like the Spirit's moving. I feel like the presence of God is here. If we could just bow our heads, close our eyes just for a moment of privacy and intimacy. You know, I don't, I don't know what everybody's life story is in this place. I don't know what everybody may be carrying or going through or what your life looks like. But I know that as soon as the moment you decide to just surrender everything and give it to Jesus, that's when you're going to start receiving blessings for your life. Your life will be forever changed. You'll spend eternity forever and ever looking and singing and worshiping the name of Jesus. See, Jesus was arrested that night. He was taken away. He was in anguish. He was stressed. He was in turmoil because he knew he had to go on that cross to die for our sins. But he didn't do it out of obligation. He did it out of love. Jesus loves us so much that he died on the cross for you and for me. Bible tells us that before we were before we were saved, God God still loved us. Before while we were still sinners, God died for us. So it doesn't matter what you're going through. You're not too far away from the grace to touch you. You're not too far off. You're not too bad. You're not too messed up to receive the grace of Jesus. He loves you. He cares for you. He wants to change your life. But it starts by surrendering, by saying, God, I'm going to give it up. I'm going to give up control, and I'm going to allow you to take control of my life. If you're in this place and you want to. You want to make that decision to follow after Jesus. You want him to come into your heart. You want the Holy Spirit to fill you. And we're going to give you that opportunity right now. On the count of three, if you, if you want to make that decision to invite Jesus into your heart, you raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand. God bless you. God bless you. I see you, man. God bless you. I see you. God bless 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 you. Amazing. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For those of you who made that decision, first of all, it's the greatest decision you can ever make. The best one. I mean, the best decision you can make. 
Your life will never be the same from this moment on. I believe it. What I want to do is just lead you in a prayer. And like we learned today, that our prayer is not about our words. Our prayer is not about, about us. It's about Jesus. It's about our heaven, our Father, our heaven and our Father in heaven. And what we're going to do is we're going to practice what we learned. And we're going to pray. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And it's not a prayer to me. It's not a prayer to this church. It's a prayer between you and your Father in heaven. You're free now. You're no longer a, you're no longer a slave to fear. You are free in Jesus' name. So to repeat after me prayer, church, let's, let's back them up. Let's go alongside of them. Let's celebrate with them. And the prayer goes like this. Lord Jesus, I open my heart. I invite you inside to be my friend, to be my Savior, to be my God. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. From this day forward, I want to follow you all the days of my life. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Lord, I love you and I thank you. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. Come on, can we make some noise?